Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Welcome back to the Ransomed Heart podcast. We left you last week just beginning to tell just a bit of uh, the story and our experience from the recent wildfire that as the insurance agency refers to, it was a catastrophic event in which uh, hundreds of homes were totally destroyed, a lot of people affected, and including ourselves. And, uh, and a massive part of the National Forest, and what, yeah. what looks like the entire front range of Colorado Springs, looks like Mordor now. Um, you know, tragedy extends into the forest as well, the wildlife yeah. and the beauty and, and just miles and miles and miles of, of devastation. Yeah. And John, we ended last week just uh, on uh, Crisis Loves to be the story. And um, I, I just wanted to get an amen in on that, that um, if I'm not living in the larger story, some other story will capture me mm-hmm. and in crisis it just has something that almost appeals to us in terms of uh, it's a false story, it's a small story, um, but there's excitement, there's drama, something's at stake, there's usually heroes involved. Right. And and there's all the elements of a real good story, but it actually is a small story. Right, right. And it can feel like the large story if there isn't. You know, again, the disciples in the boat, the storm. In that moment, that storm felt like the story. But apparently Jesus didn't think so. He's cashed out, you know, and and just the ability of Christ to love, to hold on to joy, perspective, to offer, to be a source of hope, comfort, strength in the midst of crisis. You know, we all want to offer that. We want to be that, you know, and, and in order to offer that, you have to live in a larger story. But, um, Craig, one of the things that struck me since the fire has, has finally begun to die down here and and uh, we asked our intercessors to be praying for rain and and uh, we've had several days of just glorious downpours and mm-hmm. putting out the remnants of the fire. But um, one of the things I'm so struck by is, again, I'm talking about believers mostly. I understand that my neighbors don't have a larger story. Mm-hmm. I understand that those who don't know Christ, you know, this is the most dramatic thing that's ever happened in their lives. But but to hear Christians talking about this as, whoa, you know, um, God saved our house or, or what miraculous, you know, inter- only two people died mm-hmm. in this fire, which is an absolute utter miracle. It's a miracle. And, and there are many miracles in this fire, actually. Um, yes, there's heartache and, and sorrow, and we know friends who lost everything. And um, but there are many, many miracles in this fire. Yet to hear Christians talk about, man, we've just never seen anything like this, and we were praying so fervently. And part of me just sits back and goes, "You're kidding me! This is the most dramatic thing that's ever happened in your life. If we're advancing the kingdom of God." Shouldn't we be filled with dramatic stories of facing danger 
and God coming through and nights of fervent prayer. And this isn't any kind of condemnation, but I'll tell you what's really been exposed in this is larger story, small story. Mm -hmm. If if a wildfire is the most dramatic thing that's ever happened in your life, you're living in a small story because – you know, spend a year advancing the kingdom of heaven and and the demons that you'll face, the cost, the pain, the nights of fervent prayer, the sleeplessness. I mean, you're going to have stories to tell yeah. and stories of the of the dramatic intervention of God. And so it's a it's just been a very it's been a very interesting experience of kind of comparing what happens when there's a story vacuum. Even in the lives of people who consider themselves to be very devoted Christians and are and very faithful church attenders, you know, people do their devotions, but they're not living in a world at war. And so I want to go there for a second because mm-hmm. you've got a great story to tell on this. But we're in the evacuation. We're in this gridlock. I'm in an old 78 Land Cruiser with my dog and, and there's no air conditioning. So the windows are rolled down. The smoke is billowing. You know, now it looks like night. Embers are falling. Luke's behind me on a motorcycle and and I told him to just go, go. And he says, no, I can't leave you and mom. I got to stay with you. And so embers are falling on Luke and Oban's having a hard time breathing because of the smoke. And, you know, part of me is beginning to go, whoa, Jesus, you know, I thought you said we'd be okay. And, you know, how bad is this going to get? And, you know, are we talking lives lost here? Are our lives in danger? And, and, um, you know, I'm starting to make those last-minute plans of what do we do if the fire hits these vehicles and how do we, you know, right. anyway, all that's going on. And and um, I'm really pretty upset by the thought of the loss of our home. And Jesus said to me, um, he said two things. He said, first, I'll interpret this for you later. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important point, folks. That, yeah. Just a footnote here. In the midst of crisis, do not look for interpretation. Look for God. Because you rarely get interpretation or understanding, but you can find God. That is so huge, John. It's huge. It's huge. But now we're finally inching forward and we're still in this gridlock. And then Jesus says to me, John, he said, if you really believed that this is war, that this world is war, would your perspective change? Instantly. I went, oh, well, of course it would. I mean, of course we can lose our home. That happens in war. You know, and it was almost like Jesus pulling me up into the larger story going, John, you just forgot for a second, pal, that yes, this is war. Yes, this is battle. And um, I need to tell you folks that for the 100 mile an hour winds to strike on the day that the fire blew up and for those winds to be blowing directly towards the city, there was a malice Mm -hmm. to this fire. There really was. And Greg, you were hearing – some of the fire veterans uh, describing it on on the media. Yeah, they had the top uh, federal fire fighting organizational team here, and uh, they were doing daily briefings. And uh, this old veteran of who knows how many wildfires over time and his colleagues are standing up there in front of the microphone and they're describing this fire, John. They use the word personality. In all their firefighting experience, they'd never experienced a fire that was doing what this particular fire was was doing in terms of changing directions dramatically, not following the contours of the topography in a normal fashion. And they were saying, we we now, we understand this fire's tricks. We know him. And now 
They're setting up their uh, offensive firefighting strategy based on the personality of this fire. Yeah. And it was haunting yep. to hear that this fire is being described as having a personality. Right, right. And then later that evening, as I'm in one of our many times of prayer, I was just walking and praying, praying that it would be stopped, praying mm -hmm. that God would rob the fire of oxygen, praying that the winds would stand down in the name of Jesus yes. Christ, just like Elijah did. And James says, you can do that too. And you know, you can change the weather through your prayers. Of course you can. You can change the courses of nature through your prayers. Look at the miracles of Christ. And as I'm praying along that, boom, all of a sudden I ran up against a evil, a personality. I think it was a principality that was somehow involved in all this. And, and I don't pretend to understand how it's involved in it. And did it start the fire? Did it send it our way? You know, but you just need to understand, do you believe we live in a world at war? And how does that affect the way you pray, the way you interpret crisis? You know, you, you watch a terrorist attack on the news. How do you interpret that? I, I think most people just have this, oh, kind of this gut reaction of fear and sorrow when you go, no, wait a second. Wait a second. You know, do you live in a larger story? This is a world at war. How do you interpret these things? And, and you know, Christ says to me, if, if you believe that, how would it change your perspective? As I'm sitting there in the midst of what – it's one of those end-of-the-world movie scenes, you know, yeah. the evacuations and the catastrophe and all that. And, and it changed it instantly. It changed it instantly. And, and Christ yanked me out of small story, happy little home. Yes. And yeah. happy little home, it's just this, in America at least, it's this very alluring story. You know, we get sucked into these small stories and then it takes something pretty dramatic to bump us out of it if, if we'll let it. The other story I want you to tell in relation to that is um, the hot shots. Oh, yes. Um, we just, um, yesterday we had a... Um, um, a neighborhood picnic in the park where the community, our neighborhood, John, um, both our neighborhood, John's in my neighborhood, whatever you want to do with that. We had this picnic <laughs> and um, it was to honor the firefighters. And so fire engine pulled up, a couple of crews came out and standing ovation and they were just flooded and mobbed with people just thanking them for saving my house, our house, our neighborhood. And I uh, was one of those who went up to thank a, a crew. And one of the firefighters was actually describing how at one point, and John, the flames were um, just massive. I, I think 100 feet, uh, wind was howling. Um, one particular group of firefighters uh, were retreating. They had to just give ground. And just then a uh, bus pulls up or a truck or something and uh, – eight or nine hotshots. Um, kind of the Navy SEALs of firefighting. Yeah. They come flying out with these extra big chainsaws, and they're they're running to the fire that uh, this other crew was running from. Yes. And uh, just the energy, the motivation, the orientation of the hotshots running to the fire, they were going to draw a line. This fire will not pass. Just turned the other crew around and, and they fought and they stood their ground and they beat it back. See, I love that story. Running to. Run to it. 
the fire. Run to it. You know, again, this thing of am I going to, you know, save my knickknacks and run away or am I going to run to this thing and help? And that was the hardest thing for me as a man was being told to leave. You know, I'm like, I can dig trench. I got a shovel. I have an axe. I got a chainsaw. I can help. Like to be told to leave when a battle is descending on my community, my neighborhood, my home. As a man, we are designed, especially as men, but as men and women, as the friends of Christ and warriors of the kingdom, we're designed to run to the fire, not away from it. And again, just that picture of small story, large story. You know, are we living in happy little home? Are we living in something dramatic where we know and understand the world is at war? We pray like it. We live like it. And we run to the smell of smoke. We run towards chaos, not from it. Again, just such a dramatic picture of how you handle crisis reveals the story you're living in. It's just a helpful category. You know, what you distress over, what you fear of losing, is it the carpet? You know, the new floor you had put in last year reveals the stories you have to tell. Mm -hmm. What you consider to be the most dramatic events of your life reveals (laughs) the story you're living in. And I just love that picture of the hotshots coming in, jumping out of the truck and rushing straight at this thing. You know, that's the church. So we're supposed to be fighting a real battle, living in a larger story. John, you know, our story here is this fire breaks out and God tells us both separately, individually, you're going to be okay. That was tested by the circumstances Mm. and the realities as we saw them and understood them. And, uh, um, in the end, what's phenomenal is God was true to his word and his promises to us. And in our homes, our little neighborhoods, uh, I mean, the flames were stopped literally at your doorstep yes, and uh, leaped over our properties right. uh, or were stopped. And it, it's a stunning miracle what God has done for us in this. And I know for me... Um, things are not what they seem. Um, that wasn't just a fire. There was something behind it. Yep. Um, God, somehow in the chaos, whispers to us, and he does speak. And yes. It's just a remarkable story, and it seemed like it actually just fits right in with this whole worldview series. It's, uh, how do you view life yes. when, when life gets hard and yes. tragic? Yeah, that's good. One more thing on the story vacuum. Um there has been a an absolutely staggering outpouring of neighborliness um, yeah. in this city. I, I, you know, the outstretched hand, signs up, you know, um, flags being flown. There, the city has rallied since the fire, um, and and that is absolutely beautiful. And and I'm all for it. But I want to say it's actually also a sign of a story vacuum. Because for most people, this is the most dramatic event of their lives and they're kind of rallying. And I'm looking at all this energy and I'm going, why isn't that normal? Mm-hmm. For the church, at least, I mean, that kind of fervent prayer 
that kind of, you know, holding hands, standing together, holding the line, you know, reaching out, offering hope, courage, strength. Like if we really were advancing the kingdom of God, the church just, we'd be the hotshots. The church, this would just be normal for us. We would just go, yep, we understand this. Yep, we know battle. Yep, here's how you handle it. And, you know, versus this being a real exception. And the, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm not – I'm really not saying anything against it. But what I'm just saying is large story, small story. You know, a lot of it's revealed by how we respond to things like this. I do need to – I do need to pause here towards the end of our, our second podcast and thank our listeners for praying for us. I mean it's mm. really you, – your prayers are amazing, um, really, really amazing. And there's just so much more to say. Our outpost is a quarter mile um, from the area of greatest devastation in the city. I mean, homes, it, it looks like Beirut. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just absolute devastation and heartbreak. And and our outpost was literally on the fire line the city drew. Um, and we're standing and we're able to come back and get right back into the larger story and advance the kingdom. And and not one of the ransomed heart team families lost their home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that this is a difficult thing to say because many good people did. Missionaries did. Lifetime missionaries mm-hmm. that I know of lost. And 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 so I, I'm not trying to say anything other than thank you. Um, God did come. God did intervene. Um, again, the fact that only two lives were lost in this fire is, is just beyond explanation. Um, when our neighbor left, he was the last one out in the evacuation. He saw a 100-foot wall of flame on the ridge behind our house. Mm. Um, you could throw a stone that far. It's very, very close. It's maybe 60 yards. Um, and that wall was stopped in our yard. And 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 I just need to bear witness to that. I, mm. I can't let that story of miracle not be told. Mm. Um, the fire line goes through our backyard. And that wall was stopped and it was literally turned back. And the firefighter said um, the hotshots that were in our yard later said they'd never seen anything like it in in all their years of firefighting. Mm-hmm. So God I, – I want you to know what God can do. I, I know it's difficult to share you know, a wonderful story of victory when others don't have that story to share. But yet that's the very time we need to share it mm-hmm. because it can be done and, and, and there – God is a deliverer, and, and his hand was mighty in this. One more story as we close, uh, just about God speaking and, and helping us with all these things. Back in January, our um, team did our um, fast day. We usually set the first Wednesday of each month aside for um, prayer and fasting and worship. And on the January fast, we really were kind of um, – using it to begin the year and consecrate the year to Christ and ask him for words, counsel, instruction, guidance for the year. And um, Craig, somebody on the team, I think it might have been you, got a picture. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Can you describe that? Yeah. The picture was just um, a bleak, dark black, like a World War One battlefield scene of just devastation and, and just uh, charred branches sticking out of the ground and nothing, yep. Yep. no life. Yep. And, and then? Yeah. Then there was this green 
um, a little bit of life and it just began to spread and it just took over the picture as, as this green was just radiating, moving and uh, covering. Yes, I remember same. there was flowers, yeah. color, life. And so in this fast in January, God gives the team this vision and we just simply agree with it. We don't mm -hmm. quite know all that it means, but we just say, yes, Lord, do that, you know, bring mm -hmm. that in the midst of devastation, bring beauty, glory, life, you know. Yes. Yeah. And then last night, you're walking in your backyard. Yeah, I'm helping a neighbor clear out a area that burned on our kind of our mutual property right on the borders of it. And, uh, and gang, we're talking about places that burn. It looks like Mordor. Yeah. I mean, it's devastation. Yeah. So he's cutting up these uh, black uh, branches and burnt trees and, and uh, we're talking. And then I just notice off uh, peripheral vision, uh, oh, I, I mean, I had to walk over, just kneel down and and there. And then as I saw this, I looked around everywhere were these just most beautiful spring verdant green little blades of grass or life, just, you know, a half an inch already popping out mm. of just mm. the black. Mm. It was like mm. life will not be thwarted yes. or contained. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep. And so there's that picture. Um, I want to share that just because God speaks, hold on to what he says. God interprets, hang on, he will interpret. God comes if we will live in a larger story, mm -hmm. if we will live in a larger story. And I'm thinking now of Romans 8, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus conquers the law of sin and death. Mm -hmm. And I often pray that, actually. I pray the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus against the destroyer, against death, sin, destruction, and all that it brings. And that's our story. That's the God that we have. So much more to say, but we thought two podcasts was enough to give to the fire because we don't want the fire to be the larger story. We want to get back to the larger story. So thanks for listening in. This has been the Ransomed Heart Podcast. I'm John Eldridge with Craig McConnell. For more, come to our website, check out our blogs, videos, live events, resources at ransomedheart.com. 